Hi, welcome to this episode. It's uh, called Accountability. I wanted to just do something slightly different this time. I do have an essay which I'm going to read from, but I also wanted to talk a bit more freely. So excuse the ums and ahs. This is a bit of a more conversational style. This uh, month has been kind of a tough one in many ways. I haven't had an interview episode to do, so I've had to write an extra episode. And this topic has been on my mind for a while, but it's kind of a busy time. I've got exams going on and... and um, Generally, it's just been a bit of a struggle to get this one out. But I had a goal, a commitment. I wanted to do one episode a week for 52 weeks, and we're closing in on that. I've got a couple of really cool interviews lined up for November, which I want to focus on uh, mental health, particularly men's mental health. Uh, so I've got two really cool interviews that are coming up next week and the week after, which I'll introduce in due course. And then uh, I'll have like a uh, an episode 52, which will be a bit of a best of. We'll talk about uh, the podcast and where we've come from and uh, maybe what's going to happen next as well so so just uh, bear with me as we meander our way through this episode so I'll kick off with the uh, essay reading now but I'm just going to jump in and out of that as we go along so there has been this theme around lately maybe it's been around for the last few years or perhaps it's always been there and it's just that my circle of interest just hasn't intersected with it or maybe it is a movement that's emerged in recent times and for those who exist within the realm though um, they've probably always been in it and while it feels like it's kind of a vogue now, it probably hasn't been for them because that's just the way they're programmed. And um, personally, this idea of accountability that I'm going to talk about a bit is something that I've actually found to be pretty effective in my own life in the last well, two or three years, I suppose. And it's given me a source of motivation and tapped into this inner strength, which I didn't really realize I had, to be frank. You know, I, I have certain things I consider myself to be strong in, and uh, some things not so much. And physic, uh, sorry, physical activity is definitely one of those things. And um, some of the motivations I've had have really helped me to sort of reach new milestones personally. But I'm not here to talk about that. What what I am talk, wanting to talk about is this notion of accountability, and uh, how important that is. But also the sort of the counter to that. It's this conflict which has come up, say. From some of my recent studies and what I was talking about with the other and things in my last episode about how is there a point at which we can say that personal accountability just isn't enough? If we don't actually start on a level playing field, then is it too much to expect that somebody who is disadvantaged for different reasons just needs to take accountability for their own choices, their own actions, and you know it's their life to live irrespective of the starting point? So that's something that we're going to unpack a little bit. But I'll go back a little bit further before we get into that. So I guess it was about three years ago, and I was listening to Jocko Willink on Sam Harris's podcast. And Jocko, he's a retired Navy SEAL, a decorated war hero. Um, I mean, he's got so much uh, out there now in terms of books and his podcast and interviews on other podcasts. So if you want to learn about Jocko, just search for him if you haven't already, and um, you'll you'll discover this whole world. And he's an amazing guy you know he's a a warrior the epitome of sort of the male special forces soldier type guy Um, but he's extremely articulate very clever guy and he's uh, was talking to Sam about the profession of violence and um, sharing some of his thoughts and philosophies on life and so when I first came across this episode and my first sort of exposure to Jocko I'd always been interested in things of a military nature Um, but what I was hearing in his message and I knew that he had a podcast and 
I I felt that if I went down that path, if I started listening to him, then I knew I wasn't going to be able to turn back. And to be honest, I just at the time I just didn't think I could. I knew what it was going to mean for me, and I just I wasn't ready. You know, I, I wasn't in the right headspace. It's a bit like trying to give up smoking. You know, you've got to be in the right headspace to to really take on something that is potentially quite life changing for you if you want to do it properly. So I didn't dive in. I, I avoided it. But after a while, eventually, I decided that I'm just going to have to face up to my own accountability. And uh, and so I dove in. Now, what the, the messages that Jocko sort of puts out there, they're, they're not magic bullets. They don't look to some outside force of inspiration or justification or reasons why. It just says that there is a path that leads to good things. And it's up to the individual to make choices that will lead them down that path and keep them on that path. But like all hard things, it's a narrow path. It's easy to fall off it. So it takes constant and continual to work, uh, continual work to strive and move forward. But it's also an acknowledgement that there will be setbacks, and this is where the discipline comes in. You know, we will fall off the path. There was a funny story Jacko, Jocko shared a couple of years back. I think it was Christmas or Thanksgiving, when he was talking about how he went to a friend's place for dinner and she'd baked some uh, some cookies. And I think everyone listening to it would be thinking that, oh, here we go, Joshua, Jocko's going to tell us how he saw the cookies, but he didn't touch them because, you know, he needed to stay on the path. And he said, you know what, I ate nine of those cookies. And it was such a relief because it's like, here's a guy who's only human. But you know what, it didn't matter. He ate the nine cookies. Yes, he fell off the path, but the next day he just worked out extra hard and he's still moving forward. So it's just, it was kind of nice to have that endorsement that it's okay to fall off the path but you've got to get straight back on it it's a slippery slope right so if you let yourself off the hook then uh, it becomes harder and harder to get back on later so that's where the discipline comes in uh, and and it's about knowing that you alone are the one that has to do the work so Jocko is kind of the first influence for me about this idea of accountability and then another guy came along I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast name was David Goggins and he's another retired Navy SEAL but Goggins he came from a, a more challenging background you know he's black um, came from a, a abusive difficult um, family background and he was a guy he, he was overweight he was working in a uh, as a spraying cockroaches in fast food restaurants in the middle of the night and then he sees this show on TV about Navy SEALs and decides that that's what he wants to do. And he tells the story on uh, Rogan's podcast of just what he went through to achieve that. Now, his, he doesn't say much about his career as a Navy SEAL. And as I understand, he's maybe not the most liked person in the community, but really, I, I have no idea. But it was what he's achieved since he left that uh, that endeavor that has really set him apart. And so he got into uh, ultra marathon running. And uh, he's got this uh, book, he, it's out, I'll link in the show notes, called Can't Hurt Me. There's an audiobook version, which is really cool. So I highly recommend having a listen to that. Um, but uh, he, uh, I, I just posted on my Facebook page a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, they had the Moab 240. So this is a 240 mile or 380 kilometer ultra marathon that's run through uh, Moab in the uh, desert in Utah. Has to be completed in under 112 hours. So just get your head around that 240 miles or 380 something kilometers to be completed in under 112 hours. And so there was quite a few um, entries into this thing. Uh, I think it's only the fourth time it's been run. And so Goggins, uh, he came in second place. He hurt his ankle. Uh, he was looking pretty good for uh, first, but uh, he ended up losing by about four or five hours. But he was still far ahead of the person who came third and everyone else. So he did it in uh, 56 hours, 22 minutes. 
just virtually um, no sleep, just running for days through the mountains and deserts and all matter of different conditions and climates. And it's just incredible. I mean, there's digging deep, but to do that, you know, that's a whole different kettle of fish, right? So the thing is, you don't just have to be a man or even a Navy SEAL to do things like that. Courtney Dewalder, uh, she was the first one to win the Moab back in 2017, and she's really one of the most elite uh, endurance runners in the world at the moment. And this year, she did the uh, uh, the, the US um, running of the Big Backyard Ultra. And so, what they do with this one is they set up a, a course that's uh, four point something miles long, six point seven kilometers, and the clock goes off. You have to do one lap within sixty minutes. And however much time you have left over, you can use to rest and eat and drink and what have you. And then when the uh, clock goes off at the next 60 minutes, then you do it again. And they just keep going until uh, the last person completes completes the last lap. So Courtney, she came second in this. And uh, she's set the world record for the distance run by a woman. And she uh, did 68 laps of this course for a total of 467 kilometers, which she did in 56 hours and 51 minutes. I mean, I'll say that again, 467 kilometers in 56 hours, 51 minutes. So, I mean, Courtney is just out of this world. Then you move on to um, people who just, they find themselves in situations and they can dig deep and they can just move beyond it somehow. So it was back in, uh, I, I was living in Queenstown and I went to a little theater in Arrowtown near Queenstown and I saw this film uh, a mountaineering film it's called Touching the Void and it's about this guy Joe Simpson and his climbing partner um, Simon I forget his last name and they were in the Peruvian Andes and uh, they had achieved this first ascent and they were on their way down and Joe fell and he broke his leg and they both knew that because of where they were it was pretty much a death sentence for him but his mate tied him up on the rope and they started lowering each other and we started lowering Joe down and uh, after a while um, in a blizzard condition the Joe was lowered over the edge of this cliff so he's dangling in midair he had no way of signaling to Simon that uh, of the situation and Simon was slowly slipping off the face of the mountain and after a period of time while he's freezing and almost falling off himself he felt he had no choice well he really had no choice but to cut Joe away so he cut the rope and and he carried on down the mountain thinking he's just killed his mate and meanwhile Joe he fell uh, down the glacier with his broken leg ended up in a crevasse and basically spent another few days um, trying to get himself out and crawling out to safety and uh, it's just the most incredible story of human uh, endurance and uh, the will to survive so that's uh, the book Touching the Void the film of the same name and there's something in there about accountability as well it's this this will that to succeed to to drive on and it comes from within you know there's no one else that told him to go he just found it within himself somehow to to keep going and this idea this this digging deep to the depths of human accountability and performance is something i'm very fascinated by and it's one of the reasons why i've uh, chosen to start studying psychology as well but what if you're not one of these elite performers what if you're just a regular Joe or Josephine? Then where does that leave you? Where does it leave me? You know, I'm I'm certainly not gifted in any way like that. So we didn't win the genetic lottery. We we don't get abs just by watching TV. We might not like running, or we've got bad knees. Maybe we didn't have uh, swimming lessons when we were a kid. Maybe our parents didn't support us, or we didn't come from a good part of town, or maybe something terrible happened to us when we were young. You know, a friend died in a car accident or committed suicide. Maybe we were abused ourselves. You know that maybe we're of a different racial um, minority, 
you know, there's myriad reasons why we just can't achieve the lofty heights that others reach. So if you've got all of this stuff going on, then I get it, you know, how can you be accountable when you just weren't set up to win? So the way I see it, life really is one big excuse of what the hell am I doing here and what the hell am I doing? So this idea of accountability, it sounds like the playing field should be level, but it's not. So I didn't choose where I was born or what sort of family I was born into, and I definitely didn't choose my gifts and weaknesses. And neither did any of the people who are out there working day in and day out, though. So some of them came from tough circumstances like Goggins, yet they still achieve these remarkable things. But the reality is that for most of us, we don't have it in us naturally. We have to seek it out. We have to work at it every day. And some days we will fail. There's no question about that. So what sets us apart is our ability to get back on that path over and over again and knowing that we'll fail and that it is a slippery slope, but that getting back on the path is the hardest part. And this is why motivation is not enough. You know, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I mean, why pick an arbitrary date just to try and change your life? Okay, there's a symbolic nature to it, but a week after that, then that burst of motivation is going to fizzle out. And then what have you left with? So motivation, it comes and goes. What you need to keep on going when motivation is gone is discipline and personal accountability. And it seems to me that there's a personality aspect to this as well. I mean, conscientiousness is maybe a natural level of accountability that comes from how you get a bad feeling when you fail or feel that you've let yourself or someone else down. But then there's people who constantly come up with excuses and roadblocks and reasons that they use to convince themselves why they just can't. These people tend to be more neurotic. But that doesn't mean that they can't do things. It just means that it's harder for them. And so this is where I get to this point where I'm trying to reconcile my own feelings about personal accountability and really the reality for many people. Basically, answer this question with me. Is there a situation, a conceivable scenario, some circumstances where personal accountability just doesn't count anymore? So think about the other. If you come from a place where you are the other, when everything is stacked against you, do you deserve a bit of help to level that playing field? If we're starting from different places on the track, then is it fair to say that you just didn't try hard enough? You didn't believe in yourself enough? Is it even possible for you to achieve the same level of success as someone else because of privilege and bias that was built into the systems? It could be education or finance, just those opportunities. So the accountability side of me wants to say, yes, despite all of that, you should still be able to achieve what you set your mind to. But it seems important to acknowledge that the playing field really isn't level for many people. And and here's another thing to consider. You know, no one stands alone. For everybody who's been successful in life at whatever it is they've set out to achieve, no matter how much personal accountability they have and whatever their background, it was through the support of others that have helped them to achieve what they have. No one is single-handedly capable of doing it all alone. And there's nothing wrong with that. Perhaps I'm naive, but for the person without privilege who shows the guts and desire, they need that bit of help to allow their potential to flourish. So we need to be on the lookout for that. Unfortunately, though, we do live in a world where just wanting to be something so bad that you'll do whatever it takes to get there is not always enough. 
So I guess that's the challenge, is to help each other out, to recognise those people that need a bit of a leg up, a bit of help to to achieve great things. You know, don't chop people down or hold them back because they're better than we are. Support them, get them out there, allow them to overcome their own personal limitations and the limitations that society may have put in place for them. So, yeah, I think we need to be accountable for our own destiny, be that health or fitness, finding your own opportunities, life is to be lived and all of that stuff. But we also need to be careful about lumping everyone together and holding people accountable for their failures. As an alcoholic or a meth addict or a homeless person, just someone who couldn't get themselves together, they didn't take enough responsibility or accountability. Or is it somebody who suffers from mental illness, they've had an unfortunate series of circumstances and they just didn't get enough help at the right times. So do we marginalise these people or entire communities and then ask the question of why aren't they able to function in society like we do? You know, is it really so simple that these people just need to take more accountability? I don't know. I think it's a bit more complicated, right? It reminds me of the story. It was a, a long time ago, 10 years ago or so. I was out on a Saturday night in my hometown with some friends and we're standing outside this popular bar chatting away and a couple of guys come down the street and one of my friends recognised them and he shouted out, hey, it's the Afghanis. And that's not the sort of thing you hear every day in the place that I come from. Very unusual to meet people from Afghanistan and particularly at that time, I mean, still war going on in Afghanistan. And so these two guys came up and we started chatting to them and they were they were others, you know. They did not come from New Zealand. They came from a, a place that they couldn't have come from a more diametrically opposed place. You know, I'm from New Zealand. We're in a a, a place, you know, if there's a, a question of privilege, then New Zealand pretty much has it all, certainly for most people there. And these guys uh, had come from a place which was um, wrecked by decades of war, oppressed by the Taliban. I mean, their lifestyle, even despite all of that, it's a very simple way of life over there compared to sort of modern Western countries. So you really couldn't find a more contrasting background between us. And But somehow, by some miracle, I don't know how, here they were living in New Zealand. So they'd been given this amazing opportunity. And you'd think that we would do whatever we could to help them to integrate and to uh, do the best they could because we knew where they'd come from and how lucky they were and, and they needed help to to assimilate into the culture and and uh, and do the best they could but that's not what was happening my friends were making jokes about where they came from and racial slurs and calling them the Taliban and this sort of stuff and it, I just felt it it hurt you know I just thought this is such a shame that we're so narrow-minded that you know we, we can't see how lucky these people are and where they've come from and how lucky we are more importantly and so you want to talk about accountability I mean, you know, these guys have probably achieved more in their lives than anyone who comes from a privileged background because they've had to fight tooth and nail to survive. So I think we owe it to all people from marginalized backgrounds or backgrounds we're not as familiar with to help them, to make it easier for them. And because we sort of really, it's easy to take for granted just how lucky we are. So it's all very well to be accountable for your for yourself and your own fitness and education and choices you make in life would you have those choices available to you but if you're literally fighting tooth and nail for your own existence whether that's against uh, racism or an oppressive culture or society that you live in then uh, you know I, I think we need to acknowledge 
that accountability can only go so far and we need to help each other out to sort of level that playing field. So maybe it's a bit of a mixed message I'm sending. I'm all for finding personal accountability, getting on the path, working out, working towards goals, being the best person that you can be and better than you were yesterday. But there's a point where we also need to acknowledge the plight of others and help them to uh, uh, find that accountability for themselves. But by acknowledging our own privilege and how we can sort of level that playing field a bit. So I don't know. I appreciate your thoughts on this topic. Any personal stories, um, certainly get in touch with me on Facebook. Send me an email um, if you want to have a chat about it. Got some experience of your own that you think would be valuable to share with others. If you've come from that background or have seen it yourself, then uh, certainly reach out. But that's it for this uh, relatively short episode. Bit of a rambling one, but these are a few of the thoughts in my mind. And uh, yeah, it's been a busy month. So look out. We've got... um, yeah, two really cool interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks, which I'm super excited to share with you. So uh, check out the show notes for links to some of the different people I've talked about in this episode. Otherwise, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Here and Now podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the Here and Now podcast or Twitter at Here Now podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest episodes. And if you want to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon or leave a review at the Apple Podcasts app. You can reach out to me via the pages or email theherenow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.